0: On November 1st, you tweeted in all caps, Daylight Savings Time can blow me. (laughs) So, you know, follow Chanel for more tweets like that. (laughs) Uh, For what other uh, calendar phenomena can blow her. Hey everyone, welcome to Unsubbed Pod. We're back again to talk to you about another episode of Criminal Minds. I'm one of your hosts, I'm Harry.
1: I'm one of your other hosts, Chanel.
0: <laughs> we don't have more than two hosts, though. We don't,
1: it's uh, true, it's true. I, okay. I, I like
0: the your phrasing though, was know, like, I'm one of your other hosts, one of the <laughs> several dozen who are also on this show.
1: I mean, you guys don't know, there could be, could be more of us. There's a
0: lot of behind-the-scenes action, yeah. Right. In fact, um we are going to get into it more on this episode but for all you guys know Jeff Kober is leaning over our shoulder telling us everything to say on this episode So uh, I knew this you were is no. called... uh. <laughs> This episode is called Derailed. It's season 1 episode 9 of Criminal Minds. On this episode it takes place on a train. There's some strangers on a train dealing with murders and schizophrenia's. Um, Elle finds herself uh, in a bad situation and baby Reed comes in to try to save the day. Also, it all takes place in West Texas. Yeah.
1: Which is an excellent area for mountain goat songs.
0: That's true. In fact, there's an entire album devoted to this episode. Yes. So I think the episode begins back at Quantico where we get a little bit of uh, unnecessary BAU set exposition. Literally, I think the only scene set at the BAU is JJ walking into Hotch's office being like, Hey, where's Elle? And Hotch goes, Oh, she's in Texas. And then we cut to Texas.
1: And JJ is like kind of, I don't know, skeptical of the word, but she's like not. Yeah, no, she's skeptical. She's like, cause we find out that yeah. the reason that L is in Texas is because she's about to do a custodial interview with this child murderer. And, J.J.'s like, what? You're going to let her do that by herself already? And Hodge is like, he gives her hotch face. and legs
0: grow. Like, he gives her hard hotch face.
1: Hard Hodge face, yeah. Um, but she does have some, fe- some Farrah Fawcett feathered hair, so maybe she deserves it.
0: That's where the Hodge face comes <laughs> from for this one. On well, yeah. And it's funny because, you know, we get this little exchange about whether or not Elle is ready to do this custodial interview, and then we never see the custodial interview back. It is not nope. a part of this episode.
1: Never see it. I mean, so L is
0: on the train heading towards mm-hmm. Dallas. Mm-hmm. Um, she's uh, looking at FBI files, and then we get a little flashbacks for every other person in her train car to see what they're going to Dallas for. Right. Right.
1: And this is a very sparsely populated train, I think.
0: Yeah. Yeah. What's the deal with this train car to Dallas? Why does nobody want I mean, to go to Dallas?
1: I, I, right. Right. Right, one should probably have more people going on a train to Dallas, but also like, is there just like, is this it? Is this just like, there's no one on the train, or there's just nobody in this car? It's very confusing. I was
0: yeah, kind of, like, well, we never see that. what's going on on the train outside of this car, so right. we really have like no clue how many. Maybe every other car is packed except for this one. Right, but this one has like what five people in it or something like that. It's got. L, the the college student who is uh, an alcoholic and got into a drunk driving accident, the mm-hmm. woman who's getting an abortion, um, the guy in a suit with a gun in his briefcase, the uh, psychiatrist, and mm-hmm. Chris Bauer, and yeah, so there's six. There's six of them on the train.
1: Right. Yeah. So and and enough enough of a number that Garcia can like look up stuff about them and know. But, right. So, you know, you don't want to give her more than she can handle. Um, right. Yeah. So we learned some things about these people um, and then Elle gets on the phone with, I'm trying to remember, does Gideon call her or does she call Gideon?
0: You know what? I don't remember either. I just remember that it's a little scene to explain to us that there's no cell reception on the train because it's West Texas.
1: Right. And he's like really pissy about it. He's like, Elle, I don't have time for you. <laughs> yeah.
0: Well, and he also gets pissy because she calls him dad. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which is great because finally someone's acknowledging that Gideon is everybody's dad.
1: It's true. That's true. Yeah, he's super pissy. There's no phone reception. And then things just start to go to hell.
0: Real fast. Right. Um, we start out with... Uh, jeff cober as soon as i saw him i was like oh jeff cober all right this guy's gonna be trouble and in fact not mm. only was he trouble he was imaginary
1: mm. um
0: and he is <laughs> whispering into the ear of chris bauer who uh i'm sure our listeners all recall played frank sabatka on the wire the wire's greatest tragic figure oh, damn and uh it. he's currently on stars survivors remorse
1: i have to say this episode um is so i own like a probably, like, a dozen Criminal Minds episodes, and this is one of them. Um, Uh-oh. And it's one yeah, of yeah, fuck Yeah, I really like this. This is an example of an episode I really like, and it does a lot of work um, in regard to setting some stuff up that we're going to get. Ooh. Not this season, definitely this season. Um, uh, this of 26. course, what, season eight, right? Well, I mean, listen, you'd be surprised about how far an arc can go on this program. yeah. We are in season 11 right now, and there's still,
0: it's, it's arky. And anyway, back to the story, at hand. To the story um, at hand. The trains halt abruptly because someone committed suicide by jumping in front of the train.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And so this cop or like a train security guard walks into their car, which is maybe the only car of the train, unclear, and says he delivers the exposition that I just delivered myself. And while he's chatting with um, Elle, because he's like, oh, you're FBI? I'm a train cop. We both mm-hmm. <laughs> guns. We're like the same. Um, right. We are the same. <laughs> um, while they're having this conversation about their various similarities and differences, um, imaginary Jeff Kober convinces mm-hmm. Frank Sabatka to steal the cop's gun and kill the cop and then steal Elle's gun. And it happens in like five seconds. Uh, which is, I think, very impressive for someone who we eventually learn is, like, a psychiatrist or was a psychiatrist.
1: Yeah. Are you talking – wait, are you talking about the guy who does it?
0: Yeah, yeah. He's got a doctorate in something or a PhD or something, right?
1: I want to say it's, like, physics and it's, like, special physics but not oh,
0: useful of course. physics. Right, Sorry, everybody. talking about string theory and stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. Well. Anyway, for someone with a degree in physics, he steals two cops' guns real quickly. Real quick.
1: <laughs> Quicker than you would think that cops' guns could be stolen, <laughs> just yeah. by anyone. I mean.
0: Yeah, even even like a trained professional, I would imagine, have a. You know what? The other night uh, we watched The Born Identity because we were trying mm-hmm. to watch something like boring enough to put us to sleep. Um, No offense to people who love the Bourne movies. They're a lot of fun, but you have to admit they, like, are, like, really, really dull also. (laughs) Um, And Jason Bourne is really good at stealing cops' guns and all that kind of stuff. Uh, So we don't address that on this episode, but maybe Frank Sabatka is a Jason Bourne. Um, Probably that'll come up in later seasons. Would you say that's the case, Chanel? Don't spoil it.
1: I I can't say anything. I'm not going to spoil it.
0: Thanks. Yeah. All right, so now we uh, we go yeah. back to the BAU. This is, I guess, the other shot at the BAU where they're looking at the train footage because mm-hmm. it's a complete coincidence that this footage ends up with them.
1: Co- total coincidence, yeah.
0: Uh, they're like, oh, cool, there's a gunman on a train or whatever. This case is ours because the gunman has mental problems or whatever. And Gideon is the first person to realize that L is on the train while they're watching okay. security footage. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm.
1: Do we think that like this this footage being up on the screen in the bullpen makes me think that the BAU is like some kind of like weird newsroom? Like this is like the ticker tape or something? Like that they just always have the news on and it's always CNN and it's always Wolf Blitzer doing something totally like racist and useless. Yeah, probably not. That would probably like you, like someone's like turn the no, TV on, right. yo.
0: I think yeah. that's the only thing that makes sense.
1: It must be Wolf Blitzer reporting.
0: Um, yeah, and they're looking at the footage and read just by watching black and white security still frames of the guy of Frank Sabaka can figure out exactly what his mental condition is.
1: Yep, of course. You know why? Because he's a genius. Because he's a genius. <laughs> That's right.
0: Um, and I also liked when Gideon walks into the room, he, they're like, we're looking at this footage of a train in Texas. And Gideon goes, a train in Texas? <laughs> like, yeah, man, I can't believe it either. But here we are. Is this like
1: a rare, like Texas is a place with public transportation. I'm not sure why he's so confused about it. Is it because he realizes that like, like what are the odds that the train, in, there could be a train in Texas that's like on TV when now, L is on a train in Texas and like suddenly worlds are colliding or is he just genuinely surprised that there's a train operating in Texas?
0: That's a great question. I think we may never get the answer to that one. We'll never know. No, it's true. It's like, yeah,
1: yeah, one of the, yeah, the great mysteries.
0: So they, okay, please correct me if I'm wrong. They take an SUV to get to Dallas, right? Um, Wait, okay, I actually have a lot of questions. I'm looking okay. at a map right now, and Dallas is not in West Texas. I thought that might be the case, but I don't know very much about West Texas or Texas geography in general. I only drove through Texas once and it took me, like, five days to do it. Yeah, it's, uh,
1: I'm looking at West
0: Texas. It's enormous.
1: Yeah, totally.
0: Uh, we, uh, I was doing this cross-country road trip, and we like st- we went to sleep somewhere in Texas, and we woke up and then we started driving west to get into New Mexico. And I decided that I didn't want to spend two nights in Texas on a single sure. trip. So I was like, okay, I'm going to keep driving until we get to New Mexico. And it took until like 3 a.m. Anyway. Texas. Well, is- so
1: Wikipedia, li- Wikipedia lists various towns and cities in West Texas. And they include El Paso, Lubbock, Amarillo, Midland, Abilene, Odessa, San Angelo, Socorro, Big Spring, and Horizon City.
0: Yes.
1: So these are not – I don't think this is – this isn't close to Dallas.
0: No. So what the fuck, Criminal I Yeah. I don't understand any of it. All My only relationship with those names is that they all appear pretty regularly in, like, Jerry Jeff Walker songs.
1: Uh-huh. Good, good, good. That's
0: about all I've got.
1: Uh, uh, maybe they see. are it's a, There's a Dixie Chick song about Lubbock. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And I don't think you can get an abortion anywhere in any of these places. So well, that's, that's what that means to me.
0: Yeah, well, that's notable, right? The woman on the train is taking right. a train to get her abortion in Dallas. Mm-hmm. Because she can't yep. get it where she's at. Nope. She can't. Do you know, I I tried to look this up, but I couldn't find it quickly enough. Um, are there fewer Texas abortion clinics now than there were in 2005?
1: I want to say for sure. But it seems
0: like it, right?
1: Yeah, because the whole state's just been gutted, like, again and again. But I don't I, – I, I want to say yes. If anybody has information on that fact – we're wrong if I'm wrong, or something like. And this is like if you know of a lot about reproductive justice in Texas. That's a great question. i yeah. just And also, it, right yes. on. Yeah.
0: If you know a lot about reproductive justice in Texas, thanks for the work you're doing. You're a star. Yeah. Um Okay. So they maybe they fly out to Texas and then take an SUV, but you don't see the airplane. You just see the SUV. So I, for a while, yeah. thought they were driving from Virginia to Texas in an SUV, all <laughs> five of them in a single SUV. That is not cost-effective. No.
1: <laughs> or time-effective. <laughs> like, shit's about to happen, and they're like, you yeah, know want to do, like, a road trip, and we can stop and, like, look at, like, the biggest ball of yarn or whatever and, and get a milkshake? And then we'll go, that's
0: solved. Right. That'd be a good-ass episode, though.
1: It would. I would love if they were just like, we're just taking a road trip, not to solve a crime, but just because, just because I want to spend more time with you.
0: We're going to see this country. Together. Yeah. Well, that's not what happens here. So, nope. they, uh, while they're in the car, they call Garcia, and I've got a lot of things to talk about about this phone call. Okay. Um, Say them all. First of all, so Morgan calls Garcia. She answers the phone by saying "Como se dice, Hadi," and he says (laughs) "Garcia," and she goes, "Yes, that's correct." (laughs) (laughs) I love her so much. Yes. Good prank. Um, And this also reminds me, or helped it occur to me. So Garcia herself is not Latina. Was she, like, previously married to someone named Garcia? Is she currently married to someone named Garcia? Um, don't jump, don't answer. It. I'm sure it's a spoiler. Okay. Uh, I mean, okay, my next question. The currently I think married question would
1: be a spoiler.
0: Right. What's that?
1: If The the currently married question or is, like, kind of a big deal. Like, if I, I answered mean, that, it would kind of destroy
0: everything. Wow. Um, So during the phone call, Morgan starts calling Garcia Penelope and calls her Penelope for the rest of the episode. And that's notable Mm -hmm. for two reasons. One is because she and Morgan are 100% going to fuck. Um, But two, and I think maybe even more notably, no, not more notably, but also notably, um, is that as of calling Garcia Penelope, every woman in the BAU is referred to by her first name and every man is referred to by his last name. Yeah. Yeah that about. I
1: I want to say that sometimes they call Aaron Hochner Aaron, but it's not Uh right. It's very infrequent. And we know the thing about JJ being the only person that calls Reed Spence, but nobody ever, Uh nobody else calls him Spence. I'm trying to remember if Gideon has referred to him as Spencer yet. But yeah, you're totally right. It's like Um, last names, and I'm not sure, I'm not sure why. I mean, you know, I could venture a sexist guess, but I don't know if there's actually a BAU reason for that fact.
0: Yeah, right? Like, what, I wonder.
1: What the fuck? Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. It is an interesting note. I don't know why. Um, so, okay, so he, so Morgan calls, uh, Garcia, and is this when she gives him the information about the people on the train and it turns uh, out that like, it's not even useful information?
0: Yeah, yeah, okay, right. Uh, is, he's like, why don't I'm gonna send you a picture of the train. You use the facial recognition software that we have to tell me who all those people are. And that's like some, like, uh, the Dark Knight Rises shit.
1: Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, this is like one of those things that makes me think that, like, you know how all this stuff on CSI, which is made up, which I didn't know that like a lot of the technology that they have on CSI is not like real. Uh huh. I didn't know that for like years. I thought that it was real, um, but it's not real. But this is like this reminds me of that. Like, how does she? Is this like? Is it magic? Is she magic? Like, how does she? That's the only. How does she do it? That makes any sense.
0: Yeah, I think it's magic. Okay. All right. As
1: long as we're in agreement that it is magic. Yeah,
0: yeah. yeah. Um. So back on the train, it turns out that the this woman is uh, Frank Sabaka's psychiatrist, mm-hmm. and she was taking him to a conference in Dallas. Mm-hmm. Um, But apparently she's terrible at her job because he has a manic episode on the train ride to Dallas.
1: Terrible at her job. Yeah, which endangers, like, you know, the entire train. Cool. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Um, and then the pregnant lady barfs, and immediately the psychiatrist is like, you're pregnant.
1: Okay, that annoys the shit out of me.
0: Ooh, do like, tell.
1: I just feel like a lady can't barf. Like, this is like a high-stress, anxious-as-fuck situation. I would barf. Like, it just doesn't – I don't know. I just feel like, you know, it's one of those things where, like, every time something like, you know, if, like, there's a party on TV and, like, a woman's not drinking, it's like, oh, she's pregnant. It's just one of those, like, flimsy Uh kind of, like, giveaway things. Like, I know that she is pregnant, but I was just – and there's, like, probably not a better way to give that away up front. But it just annoyed the shit out of me that she was like, oh, I'm barfing because, like, I'm pregnant. But also – what's going on is fucking scary, and I could also barf because of that, but, like, instead I've been dragged into this, like, pregnancy storyline that's really annoying.
0: Yeah, I hear that. Can I barf? Right? Like, Am I can't, right? Can someone barf? On a train? Yeah.
1: Yeah. That's feminism, everybody. <laughs>
0: <laughs> True. <laughs> when women can finally barf when they are in hostage situations on a train in Texas without being accused of being pregnant, then we will know that Gloria Steinem's dream has finally come true.
1: Then we've made it. That's all right. Then we can throw it out the window because it's, we've made it.
0: On to the next thing. On to the Which next. will be gay marriage. Yes. <laughs> we'll finally get that legal. Finally. Um, so the drunk driver just starts drinking, and he's, like, yeah. super antagonistic of everybody. He's, like, always yeah. talking shit.
1: He does not care that, like, this guy could murder them all. Yeah. Um, he's drinking, and is he still having – I'm trying to remember. Is this the part where the guy I, – I okay. So are they organized outside of – They have a little tent, like there's like an FBI tent somewhere, like they're all crowded around. There's some kind of setup that's like near the train.
0: This is when we meet the Dallas FBI guy, who's played by MC Gainey. The mustache is how you know that this takes place in Texas. (laughs) Right, exactly. Um, So he was Mr. Friendly on Lost, uh, notably the Uh, only gay character on Lost. Mr. Um, (laughs) Friendly. He was also, if you've ever seen the movie Sideways with uh, Paul Giamatti, M.C. Ganey shows his dick in that. Um, so he did a, b- a bunch of things. And I think one of the best things about him, apart from just, like, that he's a cool fucking dude, or that he seems to be a cool fucking dude, what do I know? I don't know about M.C. Ganey. But he is legitimately friends with actor DJ Qualls, also of Criminal Minds.
1: Yeah. I love the idea
0: of getting to hang out with M.C. Ganey and DJ Qualls. Yes. So, like, as Um, soon as we meet Empty Gainey, Reed is like, let me tell you some information about the movie A Beautiful Mind. Uh,
1: (laughs) Yeah, which just makes everybody go... (sighs) And, think does Morgan say something to him, like, dude, no. Stop talking.
0: Uh, Yeah, Morgan just, like, walks him away. He's like, not right now. Reed, we can talk about A Beautiful Mind to your heart's content, after this is handled, and we have left Texas forever.
1: Forever. (laughs) We will never be back to Texas. Nothing bad ever happens in Texas. True. Right, so now they have some information about um, this guy and his uh, affliction or or what's going on. Right. They don't have that much information, right? They're sort of frustrated.
0: Yeah, they – they Gideon's plan is like let's just talk to him and go along with whatever <laughs> why don't we just chill out yeah you guys can we go with the flow please for once <sighs> uh, so they call him um, and he puts on the pregnant woman to talk to yep. them and they eventually sort of figure out that uh, Frank Sabatka believes he has like a tracking device in his arm um, and they're like, okay, we got to pretend to get a tracking device that's not inside of him, out of him, in order right. to get him to calm down. Yeah. Um, also, <laughs> there's a great moment where Frank Sabatka goes, ah, it's so friggin' hot. And the drunk driver's like, of course it's hot. We're on a train in Texas. In Texas. <laughs> yeah. And it's like, why are, Why is the drunk driver always, like, antagonizing? Because <laughs> he's drunk. I'm, yeah.
1: I'm not sure why. Yeah, I don't, I, I guess, like, because, I mean, he's he's creating some tension, right? Like, there's a lot of, there's a lot of tension going on in this, in this car. Like, it's hot. We don't know if this guy's going to, like, freak out, kill everybody. Someone's pregnant, just a mess. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Um, and then, uh The drunk driver keeps trying to be BFFs with Frank Savaka, trying to get Mm -hmm. him in he's on his side. Um, And he does that by quoting 1984 at him a bunch of times.
1: Yes, he does. It's very charming.
0: Um, Oh, and this is when uh, Garcia calls back with the facial recognition software's analysis of who all these people are and stuff.
1: Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, which is, like, not really helpful, right? Like, she doesn't – there's not yeah. that information that they get.
0: I really like they, – they spend a lot of time looking at the ID for um, the woman who's getting an abortion, and they're like, we don't know anything about her, and that's it. Yeah, like, they don't
1: care, I guess. Not that they don't care, but it's sort of, like, their whole their whole, like, thing where they want to try to profile everybody on the train isn't really – it doesn't really lead anywhere because they still need to deal with this dude, Frank Zavaka. <laughs> they seem to they yes. deal with him. It's like nobody's really going to help them.
0: Yeah. Which I guess uh, is why uh, they decided
1: to go the, the direction that they go.
0: Yeah, which is obviously close-up magic. Um, right. <laughs> they are trying to figure out how to sneak a, uh, a, a fake chip out of Frank Zavaka's arm and Reed says, what if we do it with sleight of hand? Yes. Yeah. And, and everyone is like, he so he shows them a little sleight of hand and then he says, I used to do this during my college exams. I have a thousand questions about why he did this during his college exams. <laughs> Question number one. Was he trying to distract other students so that he could set the curve? Question number two, was he like super bored by the exam and he needed something to occupy himself with? Question number three, did he study close-up magic in college and doing the slice of hand were the exams themselves? Question number four, was he cheating on the exam and did he have like little pieces of paper in his hand that had the answers on them? Question number five, and I think this this is the M theory of questions. This is a unifying super question question. What is the deal with Reed doing sleight of hands during his college exams?
1: Um,
0: Do you know? Do they explain it like in season seven? Are they like, oh yeah, Reed studied close-up magic. He got his first PhD in close-up magic.
1: So I don't, I'm trying to think of they. I don't think they ever explain it. Like this magic thing. But they do tell you that and this, is not a, this isn't really a spoiler, um, they do tell you that Reed is from Las Vegas. Um, okay. Which I'm not, sh- I think that they probably made that decision based on the fact that the actor who plays Reed is from Las Vegas, and they were just like, this will be easy. Um, sure. So maybe there's that part? I don't know. Also, Reed, like, he was like 12 when he was in college. Yes. So I'm not really sure how, maybe he's just an asshole.
0: <laughs> maybe. <I laughs> right, maybe.
1: Um yeah, could be. I <laughs> could be an asshole. Uh, I'm not sure. I'm not sure. I don't, there's not an answer. I think this is just one of those things that's supposed to be like, here's a read quirk that like right. comes in to comes in very handy, or not handy at all. <laughs> Depending. But handy in this situation.
0: Um, And so then this also gives us one of my favorite uh, Reed-Morgan interactions of the episode when Reed's like, I'll go onto the train and I'll do this sleight of hand. And then Morgan's like, no, no, no. You obviously can't be around a gunman. You're a child. I'll do it. And Reed goes, "Uh, I'm like an expert at close-up magic. And Morgan goes, if you can do it, I can do
1: it. Yeah, it's so
0: mean. (laughs) Fuck you, Reed. I can (laughs) do your little children's magic.
1: It is little children's magic, though. And then Morgan, so they they have this big plan, and and Morgan, uh, like, this is one of those, you know, like, gun-of-the-mantle moments where Reed's putting the vest on, and Morgan is like, dude, do not take the vest off.
0: Yes. If there's one thing you've got to be careful of, it's not taking the vest off.
1: Just don't, man. Don't do it. Um, And then, like, so Reed is, he's trying to practice, right? He's trying to figure, he's trying to, like, do it, but he's nervous, um, yep. so he keeps fucking up, and Morgan's just like, like, with like with our,
0: yeah,
1: he like can't do it, and he says it's because um, it's a bigger, the chip is bigger, or the, it is, whatever, whatever the thing is that Hotch gave him, which looks like a phone battery, like a tiny, not a phone battery, well, but. um.
0: Well, that's what he gets it from, right? Hotch, like, cracks open a walkie-talkie and pulls it out.
1: Is it a battery?
0: Did he take that? I out? think it's a, uh, some kind of chip. I don't know. What am I, a scientist? I I didn't study <laughs> M theory, Chanel. Sorry,
1: you're right. Um, yeah. So he says it's like it's because the thing that he's using is like too big or too small. It's not what he's used to. Um,
0: right. Which is a great so, excuse, Reed. Great. You're supposed right. to be a totally world So better. Um, and it's also um, th- yeah. there's a lot of tension here because everybody knows that Reed's definitely going to die. Um, and Gideon, like, you see him, like, tapping his fingers anxiously because he's worried about his beautiful son. Mm-hmm. Um, and Reed is like, could could any one of you please at least pretend that you don't think I'm about to die? And they're all like, nope.
1: Nope.
0: We all expect yeah, could you, you to die.
1: Could you, like, feign confidence in me?
0: Yeah. That would be um, And I also loved imagining Elle sitting on the train being like, Probably, you know, they're going to send someone in. She doesn't even – she doesn't know that the BAU knows that what's going on. Like, she yeah. knows that there is FBI involvement of some kind, obviously, but she doesn't even know that, like, her friends from the BAU drove in an SUV the 19 hours it would take to get from Virginia to Texas. Right. Um. And then imagine her surprise when she's, like, on the train and frigging Reed walks in. She's like – She's like, oh, fuck. good. There's We're there's all fucked.
1: Anyone else. Like, literally anyone yeah. else. And you pick...
0: You send Reed. Garcia,
1: even? Garcia. <laughs> <laughs> send someone more useless. Oh, you can't.
0: Yeah. Right. And indeed, like, within moments of Reed getting on the train, he takes off the bulletproof vest.
1: Yeah. Dude is like, take it off. And he's like, no, I I can't, though. And he's like, no, take it off. And Reed's like, okay.
0: Okay, that's good. Taking it off.
1: Fine. All right.
0: Um, so he has uh, to yeah. like do a pretend thing of pulling a chip out of um, the arm, yep. and he like totally makes it work. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and what I really love about this moment is that so Reed knows that he's faking, and L knows that Reed is faking, but everyone else on the train is like, "Holy shit, that guy actually had a chip in his arm!"
1: Yeah, <laughs> that's yeah. a great. moment. Totally... They're all
0: like, "Oh my god." This is an yeah. FBI conspiracy.
1: I mean, holy shit, there is an FBI conspiracy. Totally. Yeah. They they believe it. And, I mean, I guess the most important thing is that, like, Frank Sabata believes it. Um, yep.
0: Exactly. Um, But then he's like, why don't you turn the chip on and read, like, ah, uh, ah, uh, ah. Uh, and then L. Yeah. improves a little bit to explain why it won't turn on.
1: Which I guess, does he buy it? I don't know.
0: Yeah, yeah, he buys it. Um, Okay. And you get some footage of Gideon just, like, hating himself that he sent his beautiful son to become a prisoner Mm -hmm. on this train. Yeah. Uh, And then, obviously, the drunk driver is drunk, and he gets angry again. And pushes uh, Frank Zabatka to shoot his own doctor. Uh. So things are getting pretty bleak on the train.
1: Cause, dudes, um dude's uh, what's the imaginary guy?
0: Yeah, Jeff is
1: <clears throat> right. He's still like up in his up in his face about it. Um, yeah, <clears throat> uh, about how like this isn't you know what he's seeing isn't real and like this is like they're this guy isn't really going to help him he's like part of the what is he calls it the uh the higher authority yeah so it's getting really bad and he's getting sort of
0: yeah he's getting uh tense and frank sabatka takes his third victim which is the phone on the train uh so now they don't have phone connection with frank sabatka uh and it's up to the people on the train to save the day and obviously that falls to reed because he's literally the only person on the train that notices the, that Frank Zabotka has an imaginary friend in Jeff Kober.
1: Not even his psychiatrist.
0: Right. Nobody, not even the psychiatrist. Well, we. I mean, I guess we know that she's kind of terrible at her job since, again, she got us into this scrape in the first place. But then, all right, you know what? Can we have some sympathy for her, please? She got shot. All right, Chanel, do you mind?
1: That's true. She did get shot. Yeah, that's a good point. I forgot she'll be okay
0: though. For, for listeners who don't watch the show but listen to our podcast about these episodes,
1: right? She's gonna be fine. No problem.
0: She will don't live worry. to practice psychiatry again.
1: Sadly, Um right. This episode has a surprisingly low body count, actually. For yeah, for an episode, think, I'm not well, saying that's like bad,
0: but it is. At one point, be. I realized that the the train cop that Frank Sabatka kills. Right. His body is still just on their train car, bleeding. Just chilling, yeah. <laughs> the entire yeah. episode, everything they do, there's just this body there. So that must have yeah. Kind of sucked.
1: Yeah, that makes it real. Also, it's yeah, like yeah. 150 degrees in there. Although I guess it takes a body yep. longer to to rot than than I
0: think. I but yeah, so that's
1: it's real bad in there.
0: Yeah. Um, and so Reed, Reed basically talks to Frank Sabatka for a while to, mm-hmm. like, and then we get this amazing shot of Frank Sabatka seeing Reed as a man made out of string theory.
1: Yes.
0: I love Yes,
1: that. Yes. The writers love, they love to do this thing where this happens a lot in the future where they, like, we'll show you, like, the inside of Reed's brain or, like, Uh huh they'll do this similar to the string theory thing. They don't do it with anyone else. It's just like, you know, it's Reed's brain. So, like, what's going on in there? Let's make, like, some atom move around or some kind of thing. Uh-huh. It's weird. It, they always do it because he's a genius, obviously. So
0: Right. He is a genius, so his brain is more right. interesting than regular people's brains.
1: Don't forget
0: that. Yeah. Yeah.
1: So, so yeah. no, um,
0: okay. yeah. Uh, So as they're talking to him, uh, Gideon starts walking towards the train car because he's like, I'm tired of waiting. I'm going to go handle this.
1: (laughs) Right. You do that, Gideon. Go handle it. Uh, And then there's a um, shot that comes, right? Right. Yeah.
0: Um, Because Ellen Reed together wrestle the guns away from Frank vodka. And there's Mm -hmm. a shot. Gideon runs on the train. He's like, who got shot? And it turns out that the guy with the briefcase who was nervous this whole time shot, um, Frank Zabaka.
1: Yeah. And what is, he said something religious that I noticed. He said, God, God, forgive me.
0: Something like that. Yeah. I think. And yeah, ultimately after like all of this time being on this train, talking about string theory and mental illness and so on, it's important to remember that there's only one thing that can stop a bad guy with a gun, a gun. A good guy with a gun. Yes.
1: Yeah. A good guy with a gun, right. Uh, yeah, this is not a great argument for gun control. Um is I mean, it is text. Tech-
0: everybody on the train had a gun and they saved the day.
1: Right. Right. So the next time there's like some kind of horrible situation and you get one of those people on the internet who's like, Well, if everybody had a gun, then this wouldn't have happened. Um I guess you're right. Yeah.
0: Um, yeah. And so everybody's getting medical medical care, uh, and um, Gideon comes up to Elle and he's like, "Never call me Dad again." <laughs> yeah.
1: <laughs> Don't call me Dad.
0: Yeah, and he sort
1: of walks away like grumpy and bossy. Which is kind of and,
0: clear. Uh, yeah. And then and Ellen we Reed. I'm sorry,
1: go for it. Yeah. Oh, I was to say Ellen Reed have this exchange about um, whether or not he saved her life, and it's sort of like um, sweet and a little. Uh, uh, yeah, she says this. She says to him like, you know, you understood him. Like, how did you understand what was going on in his brain so well? And Reed's like, well, I'm a genius uh, or something. Like, um, but he sort of brushes it under the under the rug about why he knows what he knows and um, Ella's on to him but she doesn't and he makes her go to the hospital and then there's the right so you were going to say there's the scene of him walking
0: yeah just wondering Uh, if he is schizophrenic and quoting Einstein about wondering if he's crazy
1: yep and there's a a Gillian Welch song they play which is Wrecking Ball which I love so it's just one of my favorite end scenes in the
0: whole series is that
1: the walking away and wow. the whole, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that scene so really that's came sad. in like a wrecking ball. Yeah. Oh, but not Miley, though. Not like Miley.
0: I'm not familiar Different with one. that reference. Different. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, and so now everybody gets to walk away damaged in their own specific ways.
1: Totally damaged. <laughs>
0: Yeah. This is a good freaking episode. Like putting the the parts of it that were problematic aside, which you know we do every week. Um, this is like yeah. some good tense shit. I yeah, it is yeah, it is
1: really it is really tense. I couldn't like on on another watch. I'm watching this again. I couldn't really figure out if I thought it was like you're pretty sure, right? That like none of the main cast is gonna die.
0: Are you? Right. I, Well, none of the main cast have died yet. And so for me as an audience member who's only watched the first nine episodes, I have no expectation that anybody who I care about is going to actually die. Right. I'm guessing at some point along the way somebody's going to die and I'll be shocked. But, like, it hasn't happened yet, so I don't know to expect it yet.
1: Yeah. I mean, I was, gonna, I was thinking that uh, I don't watch The Walking Dead, but I know some stuff about it, Um, and apparently, like, nothing on that show, nobody on that show is sacred, and, like, they can just kill, like, a major character at any time, but I think, like, before, this is obviously, like, well before The Walking Dead, so, like, there's no sort of, not that I know of, a television precedent for, like, killing a major character so early in a series? Uh Uh-huh. I don't know. But it's still, right, it's still I, really well, early. We don't know anything.
0: Yeah. My understanding is that the original script for Lost had Jack dying in the pilot, um, and then they decided not to for some reason. But I think that was a mistake, because Jack sucked for the entire show.
1: <laughs> so they should have killed him, is what you're saying?
0: But yes, they should have killed him before the show began. Uh, that is yeah. exactly what I'm saying. Uh, anyway so where are we going next week Chanel
1: um, I believe next week we are going to Virginia um, I'm looking it up right now I think I think we're about to enter a time when I like all of the episodes
0: oh my goodness uh, I know like all of them in a row
1: but we're going to see Next week is called, ah, yes, The Popular Kids. The episode is called The Popular Kids, and they're going to um, rural Virginia.
0: Exciting. So we're Uh, staying close to home for this next one.
1: We are. We are. Uh, should I... Maybe I'll tell you anything about
0: next week. Yeah, don't tell me anything about it.
1: I will not tell you anything. Um, Other than it is episode 10. So we're about halfway through the season. Yeah. I
0: think it's the yeah. 22
1: episode of the season, so we're halfway through.
0: We're making yep. it. Yeah. All right, where can we find you on uh on the internet, Chanel?
1: You can find me on Twitter at, at Chanel Dubowski. That is the best place to find me
0: and you can find me on twitter at muff and our show is at unsubpod and we drop I one of these episodes
1: everybody. every wednesday
0: <laughs> yeah ideally that is the case yeah. and if you'll excuse us we need to go to dallas to get an abortion we never figure oh. out if she gets that abortion